Welcome to the Hustle Class Podcast. We have a quick disclaimer. All material presented within Hustle Class LLC is not investment advice, but for educational purposes only. Trading involves risk and you are solely responsible for your investment decisions and assume the entire risk of any trading you choose to undertake. Owners of Hustle Class LLC and its representatives are not registered as security broker dealers or investment advisors, either with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority. Please utilize a registered investment or financial advisor to make any financial decisions. If you choose to invest without seeking advice from such an advisor or entity, then any consequences resulting from your investments are your sole responsibility. By utilizing Hustle Class LLC in our content, you are indicating your consent and agreement to our disclaimer. Welcome everybody to the Hustle Class Podcast. It is Jermaine and I am back at it again with another one. You know how I do. Um, Yeah, so, you know, Hustle Class, um, you know, this is another nice episode for me to talk about, you know, my week in the market, give y'all some tips and tricks, um, you know, for the upcoming weeks and uh, yeah, for the upcoming month. I mean, we're heading towards the end of the year. 2020 has been a great year uh, market-wise. Um, lots of volatility means lots of moves for, you know, options traders to, you know, swing and, you know, play the market. Because as a lot of us know at this point, you can play the market both ways. You can play it when it's going up and you can play it when it's going down. To make it less like gambling, we use technical analysis in addition to our fundamental analysis so that sometimes when, you know, things are not making sense from, you know, a book's perspective or an economic perspective, um, we can still trade the market and make great gains as time progresses. Um, so yeah, this week in the market um, was super, super successful for me. I mean, I feel like it's probably the most consistent I've ever been um, trading. Um, usually it's it, there's a lot of inconsistency where it's like um, more gains than losses, more losses than gains, right? But this time around, it was like consistent, quick hits and... Um, you know, I was literally on a roll. Like I did, the only thing that could stop me was my buying power and how much cash settled. And that was good because, you know, you want to mitigate risk. So part of the reason why I, I really like the cash accounts. So I guess a quick example is um, when you trade stocks, you can do so, you know, from a retail perspective on a margin account um, or a cash account. And so on Robinhood, I use a margin account, right? What does that mean? I can only have three day trades a week um, and, you know, um, sometimes you get caught up in plays and you can't get out of it. But the benefit of it is as soon as I sell a stock um, or an option, I have that money liquid to be able to use to play more options um, right away, right? Or more stocks right away. With a cash account, you don't have any day trade restrictions, but you can only trade on the account, on the amount of your money that is settled. Meaning if I buy and sell a stock in the same day, it might take 24 hours or, you know, till the next business day for my money to be able to be used again um, or to even be withdrawn. Right. So, um, you know, it's kind of like you lose that flexibility of as soon as you sell, you can buy. And as soon as you, you know, what I'm saying that quick hit um, capability. But at the same time, you have control of your account where you don't have to get, you know, get into a play at 11 a.m. You're out of day trades and you're stuck in the trade because you don't want to be restricted for 90 days without being able to day trade at all. And you just let your, you know, you just let your money tank because you got into a bad play, right? So that's why I really like the cash account. And another benefit for me is that, you know, sometimes you can get lost in making so much profit and, you know, trading so quickly that you can't really, um, you know, when you win a lot, you sort of gain a sense of risklessness typically when you trade. 
So having my account or money held so I can't touch it helps me mitigate my risk because if I win five trades in a day and I'm on a roll and I feel like I can win another one, which isn't so safe and it's probably not a good trade, but I don't have any more money left in my account to use because I've spent all of it all day doing these trades and the money has to settle until the next day, it actually gives me time to take a step back and relax and have a little more patience, which goes a long way when it comes to trading and playing the market. So yeah, difference between a cash account and a margin account. Um, you could ask me more about that um, at any other time um, through email, hustleclass at gmail.com or on the social media platform on Instagram or Twitter at hustleclass. Um, you know, that's the at. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go over some of the things that I played in the market. And, um, you know, um, one of the main things that I was playing this week in the market was um, the EV sector. Now, I think um, two weeks ago, um, when we had heard that Biden was um, due to win um, the election, or he had won like majority in, in the other states, um, we, we sort of knew that we'd have to take a pivot in what we were investing in. So a lot of big tech firms had a situation where they aren't really paying so much in taxes or being able to kind of like avoid paying a, certain, a lot of the taxes that maybe like regular Americans pay, right? And, you know, Trump being the businessman that he is, there's a lot of things that kind of slide, right? Now, when you come into a, when you have a Democrat like Biden coming into office saying that, you know, he's going to increase certain taxes so that other people can have more opportunities, um, a lot of these big companies are going to be affected. You know, their profit margins, their, their quarterly statements, things of that nature. And so with that being said, um, it seemed like tech was going to die down for a little bit as people try to take their profit so that they wouldn't lose too much on taxes during, you know, from the profits that they made, right? They want to take the low taxes now before Biden comes in and they have to get taxed higher on their profits. So a lot of them cut out of that and we're looking for like pivot um, industries where, you know, that we're going to start kicking off. They've been dormant, you would say, throughout Trump's, you know, presidency. And now that Biden is coming in, okay, what are the new sectors that are going to boom? Two of the ones that I mentioned were the marijuana sector, you know, pending decriminalization and legalization, right? And then also um, the EV sector, electric vehicle, because, you know, one of the reasons why Biden was supposedly potentially going to lose Pennsylvania was because he was talking about, um, you know, clean energy. Um, and we know that um, in certain places, you know, with, um, you know, unions and things of that nature, a lot of these jobs and, and, and factories don't run on clean energy, so those people are going to be affected by new policies and plans that come in to make a greener America, right? So we wanted to shift our focus onto, you know, we were doing a lot of FANG, right? Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, things of that nature. We wanted to take a shift and focus more on, okay, electric vehicles, right? Charging stations, um, lithium batteries, um, you know, marijuana ETFs, marijuana um, companies, um, you know, those who plant and maybe those who distribute as well, right? So we're just trying to focus on other things. Um, so one of the companies that I mentioned was BLNK, right? Blink, which is responsible for charging stations, right? Now, from the moment I mentioned that on this podcast, right, till today, it has tripled in value. So when I mentioned on the podcast, um, it was $9. Now it's worth $22, right? Meaning if you had put in $100, right now you'd be sitting at 300 If you put in 1000 right now you'd be sitting at 3000 right? So I, I say all that to say, um, you know, it, it, sometimes when I, when I go through the stuff on this, it's not just because, you know, 
oh, I, I made some money on it and or I'm just looking at it and it looks cool. Like this is stuff that you can actually tangibly do a little more research on and see if it's feasible for you to actually engage in. Right. Um, sure, this is free game and it's knowledge, but what good is knowledge if you're not applying it? Right. So, you know, definitely like, you know, make sure you're um, you're learning, you're educating yourself and doing further research and consulting your financial advisors and whatever else you need to do to make sure you're setting yourself up for success. Right. Maybe your financial advisor hasn't thought about BLNK. Right. But you bring it up in a conversation. He does some more research and figures out, oh, this might be a good idea for your portfolio. Right. Or maybe you're an investor. You just invest yourself, you know, and you have full risk. Right. Then you can go and make your own decisions. Now, um, so I made a good amount of money on BLNK this week. Um, I made um, a great amount of money on um, Nicola. Um, you know, it's one of those companies that people say their books are trash and they're a fake company or they're, they're bootleg. But, you know, one of the things that I like to do with Nicola is I look at Nicola strictly from a, a technical analysis standpoint. I don't look at the fundamentals. Reason being, when it ran, the first time it ran, it didn't seem realistic off rip. Um, you know, bigger companies with way better books don't run like that. So if it was running like that and the books don't check out, I'm looking at it from like a strictly like technical standpoint. So if, you know, the MACDs are crossing the right ways, if resistances and trend lines and supports are looking right, I trade it. And I literally made, um, I think this week, I probably made about, you know, I want to say maybe like 200% on Nikola. And I made like 200% on BLNK. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I probably made like a hundred percent on workhorse or 50% on workhorse, something like that. Um, but yeah, the, the EVs were taking over, um, you know, um, electric vehicle stuff like Tesla, Tesla is the play that I won the biggest on at, at a go. I won a Tesla like 300% because I was looking at it from a technical standpoint. Right. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about some of these stocks and stuff like that. Right. When you really start to look at it and how price action works, Sometimes you can, all something needs is a catalyst for it to catapult. By that I mean if certain news comes out and, and the stars are already aligning, the stock is literally going to go through the roof. And that's exactly what happened with Tesla. So I've been looking at Tesla for a while from a technical analysis standpoint. It looks like it's, it was breaking some ascending triangles and some you know, other you know, different technical you know, things that you know, I just know because I, I, I deal in it, right? And when you looked at Tesla, you noticed that it was approaching a, a very, very strong support trend line that every time it had bounced off of it the last two times in the last four months, it had basically rocketed off of it, right? One of the times it rocketed off of that trend line was ahead of its, um, the stock split. And another time was, I think, before Battery Day. Um, not at Battery Day, because Battery Day is when it tanked, right? But before Battery Day. And so you look at these things and you're like, okay... There may not be a there might be a catalyst that might catapult it, but at the same time, it's about to hit this resistance uh, trend line. I mean, the support trend line from which it usually catapults. So I I got in a nice position. I didn't have enough capital to get the position size that I wanted, but I had a great position in it, about you know, a little less than a hundred dollars. And so I put my money in it and I left it. Um, I think I did it on a Friday. Um, and Monday, it didn't look too hot, but I was like, you know what? I'll hold it for like two more days since I'm not really losing that much value on the, on, the, on the option. Next thing you know, Monday night, after the market closes, it's announced that Tesla is joining the S&P 500. The perfect catalyst for the current support that it was at. And what do you know? The stock opens up the next morning. 
$60 more than it was the day before. And the day before, it had virtually no implied volatility. But all of a sudden, it had all this implied volatility, right? Now, I'm still learning as I go along, so I don't know truly how long it takes implied volatility to really kick into a stock to make the option premiums expensive. So, with that being said, I ended up taking profit the next day when I saw it going downward, not knowing that the implied volatility was still kind of kicking in because even though it was going downward, the option price kind of was stable, and then when it had more upward momentum, then the implied volatility was truly keeping up with it. So the stock option that I guess I took for, the profit I took for 300%, for 300 I think ended up anywhere around 3,000%, right? Ridiculous. With that being said, it's literally a play where if I had kept in my $100 until, for, you know, instead of me taking out my 100 on Monday, if I'd kept it in until Friday, I probably, instead of me having, you know, if I put in 100 instead of me taking 300, I might have taken over 1,000, maybe 1,500, right? Because that's how implied volatility started kicking in after a while. We could probably get more into implied volatility on a personal note or one episode, I might just really get into it. Um, but yeah, so Tesla is another EV. Neil was kind of stagnant. I was in NIO, but it was really stagnant. Um, workhorse was picking up off of like a trend line. Nikola was picking up off of a trend line. BLNK just shot ridiculously. Solo, another electric vehicle company, shot up ridiculously. And so, you know, it was an EV week. And for me, I was in all those plays all week. So I was just eating off of it, eating off of it, eating off of it. I literally like lost so much in in like my like little, you know, um, 1K challenge account um, that I actually like ended up super, super negative. And I was like, oh my goodness, this this is a complete flop. And after a week like this, I literally like made it all and then some back. So that's quite amazing, um, you know. And also, I've learned a lot of skills this week on taking profit, being patient, knowing when you're in the green, knowing when it's going red, um, not getting into place too early, um, you know, learning how to leave money on the table. One thing people can't do with trading that kind of hits them um, in the long term is not learning how to leave money on the table, you know. You see something go up 100%. And you just tell yourself, I want more, I want more, I want more. When, in fact, it's okay to just take your profit, you know, and wait another day because m- money's made every day, right? Um, but some people, you know, don't want to leave money on the table and hold on to plays for way too long. And then it just goes sour on them. And that's happened to me, um, I want to say, twice, I can say. One time unknowingly because that was like my first option. But then the second time was like, okay, Jermaine, like, why did you do this? Um, you know, um, so yeah, um, I say that to say that this week was a great week. Um, and you know, I can, um, give some game for what I'm looking at for next week and, you know, you all can use that. Um, so for next week, um, right now, okay, with the COVID things that are happening, it's kind of murky on how things are going to go. So I don't like holding overnight plays. Because all you need is news, like, for example, Donald Trump Jr.'s son got COVID. All you need is one set of bad news to rock your whole portfolio if you're holding things overnight. Um, you know, I love gap ups, but I just realized that in the current market space, um, gaps can happen either direction and things are very uncertain. And so with, with that, you know, uncertainty and fear in the market, I kind of just trade during the day and then keep my money settled overnight so I can sleep peacefully, right? And, um, you know, I say all this to say that 
you know, this upcoming week, um, a lot of the plays that I'm going to be talking about is stuff that you're going to want to get in and, like, probably just, if you're up for the day, just get out of it, right? Um, so one of the companies that I'm looking at um, this week is, like, it's playing off of exactly what I won on last week, right? BLNK, right? Solo, Nicola, NK, NKLA. Um, Fuel Cell is cool. FCEL. Um... I'm still looking at NIO, NIO. Um, the marijuana stocks cooled off tremendously. Um, and I feel like they're due for some run-up soon because, I mean, they, they shot up because people came to them and they went back down because, you know, people forgot about them. But now they're kind of leveling out at their support levels, right? So I'm looking for another catalyst to, to push it up, right? Biden might say something soon. Something might happen. But once I draw those lines out, I'll be able to see the catalyst for another catapult. Um, yeah, the, the EVs are good. AMD is looking great. AMD shot up tremendously like two days ago and then it cooled off yesterday. Um, so, you know, that's something to definitely keep your eye on AMD. Um, I made some money on some, on some beers, um, like tap TAP, um, you know, that's Coors. So that was cool because I guess people are staying home and, you know, drinking beer, right? Football season too. So I guess it makes sense. Um... And then, so those are just stuff that I'm just being speculative on just because of the week that I had and, you know, the season that we're in. It's truly like Biden season in the stock market. So find you those energy stocks, those electric vehicle stocks, marijuana stocks, and let's let's go. Um, you know, they're running right now. Um, definitely, like I always say, consult with your financial advisor or, you know what I'm saying, find a, a representative to be able to help you who's probably licensed and all that. Um, and so I'm about to go through my watch list on TradingView. And so I can give y'all some of the plays, um, you know, that I'm looking at, you know, further than, um, you know, what I had already mentioned. So one that I'm looking at is Zoom. Um, Zoom, I was in last week and it kind of just like chilled. And then this week it just took off like a rocket. Like Zoom literally went up um, like $50. Oh, no, like $70 in like three days, right? Keep in mind, I was in it last week because I knew the catalyst was, um, you know, everybody shutting down again and things aren't sweet with COVID. You know, people aren't traveling, things like that. But I guess I got into it too early. So my lesson in this is, right, so sometimes you see the catalyst building up, um, but it's not fully built. I should have waited for a slight breakout in Zoom. Zoom is one of those that once it breaks out, it just doesn't stop, similar to Tesla. But Tesla was truly a stock that hit like a super, super, super potent trend line. Zoom didn't do that, but I played them kind of like the same. And that's why I was too early for Zoom, but not too early for Tesla. So, but Zoom is one of those that I'm looking at. Um, it's currently breaking a strong um, trend line resistance. Um, it tested that, um, it first created that resistance um, 19th October, tested it 28th October, failed, tested it 6th November, failed. And now it's tested at 20th November, right? But as you probably know, right, Zoom has been having, like, lower lows over time and lower highs, right, as this catalyst keeps testing. But it hit a strong level of support, um, horizontal support, at 373, and that's when it bounced up again. So, honestly, my hope is that it ends up coming back down, right, maybe to a Fibonacci level or something like that where I can time a great entry because Zoom has earnings on November 30th. 
right? Last time Zoom had earnings, they went ridiculous. But, you know, holding things through earnings is way too risky for any portfolio that I'm involved in, right? So I would like to play the run-up. And so when it started running up earlier, I was kind of, you know, like, dang, like Zoom. But seeing that it's, it's struggled tremendously on Friday to pass that, um, you know, resistance, I'm hoping that it comes back down. Now, over the weekend, if there's a catalyst, right, tomorrow, like some some sort of news that's maybe negative and might be COVID-related, it might break through it. Once it breaks through that, um, you know, it might be time to enter because, I mean, it probably could run all the way to 500 if we're being honest. I mean, that's just Zoom. Zoom, when Zoom runs, it runs. Like I said, it went up $70 in three days. Like, that's ridiculous. And most of that movement was, if I'm not mistaken, on Friday. Um, so, yeah. Um, Zoom is what I'm looking at. Uh, Baba is something that I was in since last week. Um, the move failed. Another one that I got in way too early. I got into Baba when it was at 270, and it had to come all the way down to 250 before it bounced back up to 270. So I thought once it hit 270, oh, it was going back to 300, no doubt. But it actually had to come back down to 250, and now it's making its way back up to 300. So I think Baba is going to look great for this week. Um, I played JKS last week. That's uh, Jinx Solar. Um, made a little bit on it, um, but I didn't like the play. Um, it broke it broke its trend line, but then it just it got sunned real quick by its um, by its resistance. So, eh. You know, solo is is a is a beauty. Like I'm look I'm eyeing solo for another entry. Um, it just hit its, um, it just hit a sort of, um, trend line and I'm looking to get back into solo. Um, I think it's going to have a great week. I think BLNK and solo are going to have great weeks depending on any COVID notices that we get. Um, workhorse, it just hit a new recent high. Workhorse is on a roll too. Um, so yeah, workhorse, BLNK and, um, solo are, are my babies right now. I'm like eyeing them like a hawk. Like I cannot stress it enough. NKLA, Workhorse, BLNK, Solo. Like, those are my, those are mine. Like, I'm on it. NEO, I'm keeping my eye on it because, you know, it cooled off and now it seems like it's having higher highs, right? And higher lows. But it hit um, its resistance and came back down on Friday. So, you know, I was able to, I got into play hoping that it would break resistance when it didn't. I just had to cut my losses, right? Um, so, NEO is something I'm looking at um, because. Everything in EV is doing great right now, right? So things that are cool enough, I'm still keeping my eye on them because once they start taking off, they'll go. Um, you know, um, I'm I'm in riot. So as you guys probably know, right? Bitcoin is 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 approaching its all time high. Um, the thing about Bitcoin is right right now, if you if you're into something called Elliott wave theory, you'll notice that um, Bitcoin seems to be in its third wave, which means it's, this is the longest wave, meaning it's going to run run. Right, it ran a little bit, but now it's going to run, run. Um, some people are saying Bitcoin's gonna hit 30k. Some people are saying it's gonna hit 25k. Some people are saying it's gonna hit 50k. I don't know. All I know is I have Bitcoin shares and I'm playing this stock called Riot, which is focused on um, crypto mining. Right, meaning big when Bitcoin does well, all the other cryptos start to sort of do well too. Litecoin, Ethereum, all the rest of them. Right. Now, when we're into Riot. We're kind of taking advantage of all of those. I wouldn't say it's a crypto ETF, but Riot is Blockchain Inc., right? So they're they're into crypto. And so when crypto does well, Riot does well, right? Before, when Bitcoin started popping, Riot started looking nice and primed, right? From November 16th till this Friday, I mean, Riot is up almost 100%. 
it's up like 80%. So what does that tell you? That means that, yeah, there's a storm brewing. And the highest that Riot's been, I mean, it's ridiculous. I think Riot has been, what, let me see. At one point in time, Riot was like $40. So the beauty about it is when you look at Riot, right, and you look at like Solo, and you look at like BLNK, these are all stocks that have had tremendous like moments early, like five years ago, six years ago, whatever you call it, before Trump was in office, they've had tremendous moments. And now they're at pretty much all time lows. But we are taking full advantage of every move that they make. Granted, I'm not overextending myself in plays. I'm sure I could have made 500% on BLNK. Once I made my 100% or my 150, I was good and I kept it pushing because every day there's money to be made and you have to get into the habit of taking profit. But these things we're getting into at their very, very grassroots and we're running it all the way up. Let's go. So I'm hyped up. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. I'm keeping my eye on SPY. SPY is always good to know the general um, sentiment of the market. So SPY was red come on Friday, right? So I'm just monitoring SPY, just making sure that, um, you know, I don't find myself in a situation where I have all these plays and I'm hoping things go green and SPY is blood red and everything just goes, you know, to hell basically. But as I'm looking, it seems like SPY is approaching a strong, um, a strong uh, trend line, which is interesting. I didn't even take note of that, but it looks like the trend line, the bottom of what it hit at um, in March, right? Um, is the bottom of what it hit when it, we had that decline in like September or late August. Um, it bounced off of it and it skyrocketed literally from 320. So, okay, let me tell you what happened. So this is, I guess, historical, right? COVID happens, things look murky, right? The S&P goes, the SPY goes from $340, right? Around 340, right? Or let's say 338, all the way down to 216, Right? It bounces off that 216 and comes back up to 320, which lets me know how strong of a trend line that is, right? Later on, right, it hits 358, comes back down to 319 and touches that trend line again and goes from 319 back to 350. So now I'm looking at it today and it looks like it is going to hit that trend line again. Let me see if I can find a finesse moment. It's going to hit that trend line in the 350 region. So not saying that if SPY ends up at 354 or 355, just calls, 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 right? I'm saying basically that it's approaching a strong trend line, meaning that once it hits that, I'm going to be getting my SPY calls unless it gaps below it. If it gaps below it, um, then, you know what I'm saying, I will be... Um, looking the other direction, but if it bounces off of it strongly, oh, I'm going to get in calls because at that point, even if I'm paying extra for the premium, it's going to print. So I'm, I'm watching that. So I'm watching SPY now. Let me move that up on my watch list, um, you know, because I think, I, I think we can see something big in like two days. And like I was saying, all you need is a catalyst, right? If SPY hits that thing, right, hits that trend line I'm talking about, and it comes out that, you know what, one of these vaccines is 100% proof, Literally, the market is going to go ridiculous. And I don't need to be in any type of play except for SPY at that point because SPY is going to go crazy, right? Like SPY has had, a, has had a day, right, where it's gone from 300, 360 to 350. So if there's, a, if there's news that COVID has been cured or something like there's a vaccine, I could see it going from 350 
360. And if I have my right calls and I'm just sitting on that play, I could take a cool 1,000% off of that because nobody will expect it to do that well. But I've drawn my trend line, so I know what to expect. The reason why I haven't known what to expect with uh, BLNK and other things is because it's just now budding. So the trend lines and stuff aren't really helping me out right now. But they will in time. Um, so I'm looking at SPY. Move that up on my watch list. Um, what else am I looking at? Honestly, that might be it for now. I think um, I was looking at BA puts um, pending COVID news, but I'll hold off on that because it's holding pretty steady. Um... Yeah, that is honestly it. Um, so, you know, I know it was a lot to digest. Um, you know, sometimes I just be rapping. But at the same time, this is very useful information. Um, you know, it's only 30 minutes. You can listen to it on your way somewhere. You can listen to it anywhere. You can just play it in the background and, you know, maybe not pay attention the whole time and get a few gems out of it. But I'm glad to be able to present this to you, and I hope that people use it. Um, you know, somebody I talked to last week got into BLNK. Had a great week, right? I'm, no, I'm by no means a financial advisor, but I understand things that some people can't, and I like to talk about it. So if you hear it and you want to act on it, that's completely on you. I have no liability, but, I mean, you know, the evidence is, is here. So um, I hope y'all have a great day, um, you know, and tune in next week for another one, and, you know, have a great week. All right, bye.